Bokar Tov, we are on chapter 19 of Sefer Shumal Bet. And the, the man, the person just came back from war, uh, running to David, telling him. I mean, first it was, uh, it was uh, what's his name? What is his name? Achimatz. So Achimatz first gets to the king. He, run, he's, he runs faster than the, than the runner man. And he gets to the king and he tells him, Baruch Hashem, good things have occurred. And then the king, the first thing the king asks is, what about Avshalom? And he says, oh, I don't know. There was a lot of people, a lot of commotion. I kind of missed what happened with Avshalom. So then he waits and then the Kushi guy comes. And the Kushi guy comes and he says, I hope whatever happened to Avshalom happens to the rest of your enemies. Which means Avshalom is dead. Chapter 19 shows, is a very long chapter. And it discusses a couple of things. It discusses David's reaction to Avshalom, to hearing of Avshalom's death. It discusses Yoav's reaction to seeing David react this way. And then it describes how David ended up making it back into the city and all of the, 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 um, the things that went on as he was coming back to Yerushalayim. Okay? Chapter 19 begins, The king gets extremely upset. After he hears of the death of Avshalom, and he goes to the uh, to attic room or whatever it is, and he starts crying. And this is what he said as he was going: "Beni Avshalom, Beni, Beni Avshalom, my son Avshalom, my son, my son Avshalom." He's repeating himself in in a sobbing way. Me ten muti ani If only I would have died instead of you, Avshalom, Beni, Beni, Avshalom, my son, my son. Why didn't he react like this when? Uh... Amnon died? Amnon died. Seems like he liked Avshalom the most. It's a good question. What is Avshalom? Why, like, such a random, random love right there. That it's like, it's, it's a bipolar love. It's like sometimes it he doesn't sense, care. Right? Like, sometimes Avshalom, Avshalom was, was, inviting, was him inviting, inviting him to b- parties and this and that. He's like, no, no, I stay back, don't worry. And now he's or when Avshalom tried to come back and meet him, he just kept him outside the city. He didn't let him come back. But now he's obsessed. Because I think Avshalom here and all of the things surrounding Avshalom are more weighing on David's feelings of guilt for what he did with Bathsheba and how he basically, he basically screwed up his own life. So it's tied up with a lot of other emotions. I don't know if it's necessarily... Avshalom, that is, that is the thing that, that hurts him so much, but the fact that Avshalom represents that he's like crying over his own sinfulness. The reason Avshalom would hurt more than Amnon, hmm. I, I feel like he, he feels like he could have avoided this. It's a good question, though. It's a good question. Why does he not care as much for Amnon? That is a fantastic question. I don't know. But. I don't know, I, maybe David is reaching his breaking point in terms of so many bad things happen and this, culm- this is a culmination of all the bad things befalling him and just the difficulty of all of it is getting too much to handle and he cracks and he starts crying on him for his son. Pazuk Bet, And it's told to Yoav, behold, the king is crying and he's mourning for Avshalom. Now why uh, is this being told to Yoav? What would... What would they have wanted out of the king or what were they expecting from the king they come back and they tell the king 
you've uh, won in war, Avshalom is dead, you're, the rebellion is over, you could come back to power, We're coming, the, all the soldiers are on their way home, what do they want? They want the king to be happy, smiling, yeah. welcome back my soldiers, you did great, pat on the shoulder, gifts, uh, spoils, whatever it is. But he's crying instead, so it's like uh, you come, you, uh, you, you want to go and give someone a gift, and as you give them a gift, they take the gifts from you and they're crying and they don't even acknowledge it. Right? Very annoying feeling. And because David was crying, that salvation on that day became mourning for the whole people. Because the people heard on that day that the king is distraught and sad and saddened over his son. Okay? So the people aren't going to be jubilant when the king is crying. Mm-hmm. And the people, all those soldiers that were coming back home, they went back secretly, they secretly went back into their tents. The same way people that are ashamed as they're running away from war enter their tents secretly, privately, with not to be noticed. So did the people coming back from this victory come back in, a, in, a, in an ashamed and a, in a, in a quiet way. The king covered his face, and he yelled and he shouted a great voice. Bani Avshalom, Bani, Bani, my son Avshalom, my son, my son. And he's mourning Avshalom and everybody is depressed. And all the soldiers come back depressed. They go back to their homes without any fanfare. No good job, you defended me, you, you were a thing. None of that. Now Yoav, you know Yoav's character, you think he's going to stand for this? Hmm. Not a chance. Yoav is going to give the king one of the rebukes that... Probably the most intense rebuke you're ever going to see someone give a king that's not a Navi throughout the Tanakh. It's a funny way of putting it, but I would be surprised to find any other place where a king is spoken to like this and when the, the, when the speaker isn't a Navi. So he says, Yoav comes to the, to the king to home. You've You've embarrassed the faces of all of your servants. Those who saved your life and who caused you to escape today. And you've also brought shame to the, to the, uh, to the life of your kids and to your, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your concubines. You brought shame to everyone, David. You're loving your enemies, and you hate, and you're hating those who love you. Because you're acting today, or you're saying today, I don't have any servants, I don't have any any uh, loyalists. Because the way it seems, I know that if Avshalom was alive and all of us were dead, then it would be good for you. Then you would be happy the way you're acting. Wow. So now get up and go and speak to the hearts of your servants. Because I promise in the name of God. Because if you don't go out and speak to the people, nobody is going to be with you by the end of tonight. Meaning nobody will be in your camp by tonight. Everybody will have left you and for and have forsaken you and said, we don't need this guy. This guy doesn't show us uh, any appreciation. We don't need him. And this, losing your loyalists, will be worse for you than any of the bad that's happened to you from your youth until now. 
And Vayakom Amelech Vayeshe Bashar, the king gets up and he sits at the gate. And the whole people was told that the king is sitting by the gate. And the king come, the people come before the king to be received finally in a good way, in a way in which he he uh, shows them the proper respects for their success in battle. They come before the king, and Yoav kind of like saves the day. Everybody's happy with him, and Israel, meaning the enemies, the Absalom people, all went back to their tents, for they had lost the battle. So that was uh, that's that. And Bezrah Hashem, Monday we continue with the, the David's attempt or his intent to return back to Yerushalayim. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.